I'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let me give a short intro. Hey, everybody, this is Sam Boy. Starting the first episode, the first live episode of It's, uh, it's All Relative podcast. We've already done a couple of uh, couple of test pilots, I guess you could say, and now this is like the first real real deal. And I happen to be with one of my uh, one of the co-hosts from the from the pilot, Mr. Mateo. MGC. And we're going to be sharing the microphone, but luckily this supporter is actually pretty happy. I just got this from the, because uh, they don't have unsweetened tea. A monster apparently. Over a dollar tree or over no, a dollar? No, no, it's just 7-Eleven. Uh, it was like two for like four. Months. I got this. The CVS Gold Emblem. Gold Emblem Ginger. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about like, um, the label. Yeah, the names. names. What's funny is that, what's funny is that like the big, I don't, who's the big brand, like the big, like Canada Dry, but then who's Canada Dry under, they must be under like, that's probably 7-Up, Coke or something, or 7-Up, but it's like, they probably own the smaller one too, you know. Looking for that she thinks that she wants are not buying. 
Ryan when she's done. I'll put, I'll put it that way. She got a good chance to lead us with one, two. But some folks have a huge chance, but then again, some folks like we do. Yeah, the yeah. 
So attraction has to be there. Yeah, attra yeah, attraction has to be there, and it's, it's you know whatever call it superficial, call it you know phony or, or whatever, but it's like it is what it is. And actually, that's what I want to get into uh, uh, one of the subjects, which is art versus aesthetic. So each of us here, the three of us who are here, we're creators, we're artists in one respect, and I'm sure a lot of people that will eventually hear this are as well. But I think a lot. Um, Dirty ass pants are not aesthetic. <laughs> just like you know, I'm not up to par for like if they took a picture of this, I'd be on the the same level as that girl. Well, here's the well, here's the thing though, is that like that's the thing. So like so so to make a distinction, what I look at as art versus aesthetic. So art, you know what I'm saying? Like the the, the you know there's art on this can of, of monster energy drink that I'm drinking. There's if you want to see if, if you want to think that the the, the mess dirty pants. You know, saying or artistic or whatever, and then you know that art, like art, can be decided by one person or a million people, by a three-year-old, by a ninety-three, you know, what I'm saying person. In my mind, you know, what I'm saying. Um, but aesthetic to me is understanding like why certain things hit the way they do, like why certain artistic choices get a certain response. Kind of like you know, understanding the science, like okay, why does it when certain music is played at this tempo? The color red. You know, color. You know, color theory. Yeah. Like Color red. I mean, like, I think Jack White pointed out the power of the color red just with, um, because you talked about, oh yeah, okay, because you, you talked about, like, like color red, like Nazi Germany, the Red Cross, you know, the British flag, you know, so many different national flags with the color red. When you know, I'm wearing a red shirt right now, you can see just how much that kind of makes me pop out in the crowd. You'll notice people wearing the Waldo. Where's Waldo? Look what he's wearing. Red and white stripes. Just the list goes on and on. So that it's it's it's, it's what I, a lot of advertisers use the color red for you know their their statements to stand out on posters and things yeah. you know and to see a black or blue or something like that you know just contrast yeah no no yeah absolutely so that you know like that gets into more like color theory and like marketing and stuff but it's basically you know when people talk about aesthetic it's really you know what I tend to think of it as or uh, as is as I tend to think of it as Understanding like why some things evoke certain feelings. So like Matt was just talking about his dirty pants or whatever, and it's like that is a particular aesthetic. And especially like here in, in you know if you if you hang out in certain circles, then dressing like you're more poor or more destitute than you really are, that's its own fashion statement. You know what I'm saying? That's that you know modern history. You know modern history. You find people of every tax bracket. You know what I'm saying? They're doing that shit. Um, but this was on purpose. I dug this out of my dirty hamper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm too lazy. To the dirty hamper, to the dirty, to the dirty, to the dirty legs. To the, dirt, the dirty pants, to the dirty hamper, to the dirty legs. <laughs> but we all know Matt washes his legs, so we're not tripping over that. Touching your, touching my pants, then touching your food. That's right. And touching this mic, and then so it's like you're touching my face. It's like you're touching your face with my pants. You're touching my face with your pants. <laughs> so I'm not content to this, Matt. <laughs> To that particular lady on, on OKCupid, okay right? I don't remember. It was probably more actually it was more like it was actually more like plenty of fish. Like like as far as hierarchies go, okay, people on OKCupid okay tend to be uh, a little bit more casual, a little more casual, a little bit more well put together in what they are. POF is just kind of like you know you'll find everything like from I'll find bot, like I don't I don't think I've ever seen a single bot on OKCupid, okay but on POF I see plenty of bots. I see plenty of of, you know what I'm saying, uh, sex workers, you know, there's nothing, like, nothing wrong with that. Sex workers work. No, no, you know, on that. I, you know, yeah, you 
Theo Evans is kind of like just all buffet style. You know, so you just get every fucking, you know, every fucking thing. I need to get, I need to get on there more often. I, I got need as my POF. Yeah, Theo Evans gross. Or not, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
certain levels of conversation, if you can, you know what I'm saying, uh, help bring certain opportunities into my life, you know what I'm saying? And for some people, it's just about just buy me shit or just, you know what I'm saying, you know, be arm candy or just be seen to be in these particular situations. And, you know, that's just what it is. So, uh, I'm going to pass it back to Irene, who, by the way, is the uh, 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 leader of her own open mic and a, uh, what is it, a charity? Trying to, trying to 
trying to see where your limits and stuff are. Uh, I think this goes back to the question of, not question, but if you know your love language. Um, some people like gifts, some people like affection um, more than the other time, more spend with each other. And I find out that I guess my transaction is my time. So I never want to waste anybody's time just as much as I never want them to waste mine because that's something you can't take back. And so I feel like the transaction I, I give is the time and the time spent with them. And if they give me the same thing, that's cool. Like if it's reciprocal, that's cool. But transaction-wise, maybe just communication. Like if you're feeling it, cool. If you're not feeling it, let me know. I'll leave you alone. Like if you still want this to go and continue, let me know. Like too, like I guess it's the communication that you gotta like have on both sides to understand where you're going with this relationship, or if you're just like you're better off as friends. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Did any of y'all want to make a comment? Ask me inside.
and there are people that are like to some to, to one point of view that's that's like oh this person's more honest the other people is like oh this person's rude and they don't have a filter and they don't know how to but other people to other people this person with a filter is being fake so it's like you have to decide which kind of which kind of bad you want or which kind of good you want yeah what's the trade you know which the which trade off it's the perspective yeah. it's really the perspective that decides what you see that person as yeah you know this person's rude no this person's nasty this person's two-faced this person's honest yeah 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 absolutely absolutely all right excellent all right so we can go on to something a little bit lighter i want to talk about this popeye chicken sandwich <laughs> thing but first of all first and foremost so um i think so many lazy you know jokes about about you know of course you know the old trope of black people and, and fried chicken and shit um that donut thing i sent you the other day yeah i mean that, and now apparently they're going to use donuts but then that really pissed me the fuck off about this whole thing is that besides the fact that every single country every single culture around the world loves fried foods including fried chicken you know what i'm saying and there's plenty of non-black people in these fucking photos that people were circling around is, is the fact that Like, travel around the world just so I can see, like, what foods would normally disgust me, mm-hmm. but that 
crowd would enjoy fried. Like this would be like this is some horse tongue, you know what I'm saying? Or this is like some tiger balls. And I know they got like certain nations with like tiger ball soup. You know, they'll make they'll make soup out of everything. They'll make soup out of the toes, they'll make soup out of the toe, they'll make, you know, soup out of like the air cartilage. It's supposed to be for um what's the word? Um, not fermented, what was it? Um fertile 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 makes fertility. Fertility, yeah. They're always coming to eat some other animal balls to improve. Yeah, I'm telling it's an ability. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a big thing. And people are still fucking stupid. Were you going to say? No, I just said that's about right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just good. Oh, yeah, like the fish eyes. Supposed to be good for your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fish eyes would be good for your eyes. That's interesting. I also noticed that I've never heard of like, I only hear like eating like genitalia, it's only male genitalia. I don't ever hear about like, or not at all, but I don't hear about them eating like female genitalia to improve fertility. Well, it's, it's, it's with the crabs, with crabs in particular, it's like my mom prefers to get the female crabs because they're full of eggs. You know, so you get more, I guess, more meat and more roe out of it. Are there meat in the eggs? Nadine just makes me like, you're not big on crabs. Socially withdrawn. 
withdrawn and perform at a level of everyday functioning well below their capacity prior to their marijuana use. Although the depressed person may feel relief from their symptoms, this may be an illusion of well-being if the person loses motivation and productivity. As, mar as marijuana use becomes more normalized and less demonized, demonized, I think we also need to be more honest about some of the drawbacks experienced users know can occur. This is one that crops up with most regular users, myself included. Sometimes we gotta just take a break and let our serotonin or, and or dopamine levels replenish. And so, oh, sorry about that. So yes, absolutely, and, you know, talking about a point that Nadine brought up earlier, you know, it's like, how do you, you know, like, okay, you need to, like, find yourself and figure yourself out and say, well, what, you know, like, like, say exactly what the hell does that mean? Like, you tell somebody to be confident or let them be confident, what the fuck do you do to actually become that? And it's just like, it's like, yeah, on one hand, sobriety, I think, is overrated. I'm still going to get lit most days of the week. But at the same time, it's like there's a balance where, you know what I'm saying, you don't want to be so zonked out that, you know what I'm saying, you can't, you can't, you know what I'm saying, if you're walking down the street or if you come up, if you just happen to pass somebody, you know what I'm saying, there may be an opportunity for you to have conversations and different opportunities will come up, you know, from these, from these, you know, small little moments, but you'll be too, like, in the fucking clouds to, like, even be able to string together a sentence or be aware of what the hell's going on. And so, like, a big part of helping of myself becoming more motivated and more focused on my goals is just saying, dude, just put the fucking weed down for a little bit. Like, just go a little bit further in, in your day without just getting high. And then it's just like, it's, it's the less you do it, like, you just kind of wean yourself off so you don't even demand it as much. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with, you know, certain foods. Like, you got to cut back on, you know, like, as, fried, as good as fried foods and shit are, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you, you can OD on it. You can OD on anything, including, you know, Fast food. So, if you use the drugs, whatever, it's like everybody's gotta, you know, gotta, gotta, you know, maintain their own balance. But it's every once in a while, you know, take a step back from shit. And just, you know, there's some things that are only clear to a clear mind. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, oftentimes somebody would, would, like, this isn't my point of view, but, but somebody would say in response to that statement, it's like, oh, look at Michael Phelps, look at Michael Phelps, look at Michael Phelps, like, you know, he, he's not having that withdrawal, look how much he does, he's got all those gold medals, but, like, are they following, like, Michael Phelps, like, later on down the line, or what he's up to now, and is he a regular user, is he as frequent as the subjects in that article were, you know, were, were using, so, you know, it, it's still, you know, I, I take it still with a grain of salt, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's still, like, too much of a good thing, you know, like, like, you, like you previously said, and then talk about dopamine levels, like, you know, we're seeing this as we sip, you know, we're seeing this as, you're sipping, you're sipping super poison right there. Yeah. You got, you got monster energy drinking, I got, like, one dollar CVS ginger ale in my hand. Yeah, supposedly there's not a lot of sugar in it, but I got sugar out. Oh, fuck, there's actually multiple servings in this can.
but as much as I want to smoke it during the day when I'm working, because that's when I'm most like stressed because I, I deal with my developmentally disabled seniors, sometimes they have their behaviors and they're just like, oh my god, I need something right now to calm me down so I can calm this person down. But I won't make it because that's someone's responsibility. Like I know how I am when I'm high, but I'm not gonna do that, you know. So I wait, I wait until I'm done with work, and then do your business. Like, like you said, like hold off a little bit, do what you gotta do first, and then congratulate yourself or like reward yourself with whatever we take or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever your vice is. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cannabis, we'll get out of the office. Okay. Speaking of cannabis real quick, somebody needs to explain to me how the fucking Ontario government apparently lost $42 million selling cannabis last year. Well, how the hell did you fuck that up? People, do you know how willing people are to overcharge? I know because I overcharge people for weed. <laughs> and I know it sounds fucked up, but I'm sorry, that's just a game, okay? The fact is, nobody really knows how much anything costs to manufacture unless you work in that business. You know what I'm saying? So if I tell you, like, this little, you know, Portion of weed cost $37. I mean, what the fuck are you going to tell me? Like, so it's like it's like Beats headphones, you know, they're, they're selling them for 200 and they only cost four, less than 14 bucks to make. So, that's oh, wow. I think $14 is even too much. It should sound like they was made on a budget of like $8. <laughs> so, even, even less than that. Um, I don't know if I'm bouncing around because we're talking about weed and, and like, and then body's response. I kind of want to get on a thing about how we're kind of all built a little bit differently with different, like, just different ticks and functions. Something, um, a bit slightly gross, but, but we're talking about how, like, people maybe, like, react to different things. So you're talking about, Irene, you're talking about when you're the, dealing with the older people and then you need something to deal with that. I have a, a friend, a uh, best friend, not, not saying any names, but, oh, you guys know me, you know me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, is it going to be somebody at the table? No, no, he's not here. Okay. Well, it's only, we're the only two guys here, so. But anyways, so, he's got a thing where whenever he sees a religious statue and he looks directly in the eye, he gets physically sick to his stomach looking at a, at a religious statue. See, everybody's built... Do you feel in any think it's funny. <laughs> I'll tell you about it after. He gets, he gets physically sick to his stomach. And it has nothing to do with, like, religion or fear or, or anything. It's not that he's scared of it, but it's just when he looks directly into the face of a, of a religious statue, maybe anything, he gets physically sick to his stomach. I have to ask, do you know if this dude was, like... Molested or something? No, or like, no, I know he wasn't. I'll tell you, you know, it's such a stress. I don't. It's not a matter of me knowing who they are. It's like I want to. I want to know more about like why they have religious it. He, he is a religious. But it's not about religion. Yeah. And he, is he a religious or and or spiritual person? That yes. And he was. And we went to church together. Catholic. Mm-hmm. So now what is he? Is he like a like is he like a is he considered a little, bit, a little bit agnostic, a little bit. But I'll, I just want to talk to those crystals people or the <laughs> no, like a wizard or like a. I have these statues for him to look at. Let's see this. <laughs> oh, this is the yeah the, the, the Orthodox. That's Orthodox. Oh boy, yeah. That was, yeah I mean, that's fucking me up, and I'm not. That's a Greek. Oh wait a minute. What's that on his stomach? <laughs> That's Greek Orthodox. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, we'll put that up in post. 
so it's just abs. Yeah, it's just abs. Yes, yes. So, so we're talking about people who are built differently. So the reason why he told me about that is because I was talking about how I react differently to this than everybody else does. So for some reason, this is a big trend with people watching the show Doctor Pimple Popper. I Everybody, I don't enjoy it, but I, I don't throw up to it. Instead, this is my tics. It's like I don't know if it's an OCE thing. I water it in the mouth, not in like not because I'm hungry. Just I water it in the mouth on its own, and then I have the need to squeeze things, and I grit my teeth hard when I watch that. That's how I react. Brandon. That's not OCD. That's just like classical positioning. It's something, yeah. When it's I see when I see pimples being popped, I'm like I'm like. That's how I get. Like, oh, somebody give me their pimples to fuck. No, I just, I have the need to, 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 I don't enjoy it. I'm just like, shh. It's good to know. Yeah, but, but in response to that, another thing is that, like, the sound of a marker, like a, like a whiteboard marker. Like, when we were in class the other day, whenever the teacher would take the, the marker for the dry erase board and they write it on paper, yeah. I always gritted my teeth and like, make it stop. This is oh, the yeah. most agonizing thing I'm listening to. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot of people, you know, yeah. like, like, some people like auditory, certain those auditory response. No, that's, no, but, 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 no, you're absolutely right. Like, I used to, um, I'm trying to think of something I used to gag at, but now that I love, which is so many things. She just, she's just having a hard time. She first, she had to revisit. She's probably still thinking about them crabs. <laughs> all them poor crab eggs that she had to digest against her will. I mean, living beings produce fluids. That's that's the way we get. I mean, we got a medical person right here. I mean, you're kind of yeah. So I mean, that's that's what that's the reality we live in. Living yeah. beings create yeah. juices. Yeah, juice. I mean, I mean those pimples. That, those are what voice out there. It's just say People just cringe. Like cringe for it. I don't get the issue with like like boy like. I like what's the deal with what's the deal with people with triggers? No, I mean, it's the, the voice thing. Anything, it's, it's all about context. Like, if you can tell if somebody's just being an asshole and just trolling it, it's being like, oh, you don't like the word voice man. Like, no, I don't want that smoke. It's okay. Like, it's going to be good. Can I do that? Everyone is, you know, it was just something that's I, I mean, do you know, um, I don't know if you know this as well. Like, I don't know how well you know about this, but is, like, like the pimples, cysts, and pustules, is, are those white blood cells?
So the, the trade-off isn't even um, isn't even worthwhile for the amount of forest that's lost in exchange for that. So uh, as a as a trade-off, you know. Um, now, for the one of the statements they were saying is that the Amazon's the lungs of the world. You know that, and, and losing that would be like you know would 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 limit annihilate our planet altogether. That's, that's a little bit taken as far as we do have forests in other parts of the world, but we should take care of what we have. But like you said, you're dealing with people who don't care, and you know will you know just do do stop at nothing, just kind of you know make more field for grazing or you know more city building, urban development, who knows, the list goes on and on, factories, military base, the, the list is endless, you can do so much with empty land, real estate is, is, um, is a very profitable, profitable like, market for that kind of thing, so like, like for people who don't value forests or don't value this and that, and I'll, I'm just going to throw in a fun fact about the Amazon, I don't know, I'll just scare some people who are scared of spiders, but they got like spiders the size of go-karts in the Amazon. <laughs> okay, that sounds like an example. I feel like I was, they kind of feel like the whole camel spider in like Afghanistan or like in the Middle East and shit. I mean, they, were like, they were like, oh, these spiders are the size of these, you know, like a, like you said, like a go-kart, like a small, like, or like a dinner plate and shit. It's like, they're pretty, you know what I'm saying, they, they, you know, they make a good bug cake, but I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really tripping, you know, like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, were really the size of go-karts then like, you know, we would see, we would have seen dozens of videos, dozens of photos. Could be endangered, could be endangered. Well, I still haven't seen any fucking pictures, so Pixar didn't happen. Pixar evolution didn't happen. Evolution didn't happen. Because we have, um, because I think I was talking with somebody earlier today, just basically their fear, fear of spiders or what venomous snakes. And I always think you have to go out of your way to deal with guys like that. You got to reach into a dark hole in the ground just to find get, find those guys. Because you know, there's only so many. Well, I mean, 90% of the fucking world is still. Well, I mean, before we developed any of it, you know, 99% of the shit was there. So I mean, you know, whenever I wake up, whenever I wake up and I feel a bug, you know, saying calling on me or something, I'm like, well, this was your crib. So I mean, I can't be too mad. But I mean, you still gotta, you know, you still gotta get the fuck out. I colonized this space. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, you might close the door all the way. Thank you. So that's the game. Colonization sounds fucked up, but yeah, much, much, yeah, I mean, love to, much love to the poisonous rattlesnake down the hole right now. Uh, yeah, feel, feel your pain. So I myself am guilty of um, getting my news from Facebook, like during my downtime, um, and I think oftentimes we get suckered in by the headlines and they click in the article, and it has nothing to do with the headline shift, but I feel that. There are times where you just read the headlines and you like think you know exactly what's going on, but you don't. And I think it's always good to fact check what you read with like credible source. And um, you know, I was recently in Brazil earlier this year. Uh, we have a company out there, and there's actually a lot of businesses that rely on a lot of the fruits and crops that grow in the Amazon. So I feel that's a big part of Brazil's economy. So I feel that if it was truly Severe, there would be a lot of um, economic implications with their global economy. So I think they need to be careful what you read and always factual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's you know, that's the key is like, you know, how much time. You know, even if you want to, you know, say you only read three, four stories a day, and it, you know, for many platforms, it's like, how deep do you really fact check? Because even the fact check is still relying on somebody else to do the first hand research. 
that article. I don't know why people shit on Bates so much. It's like, I get more like, like people shit on Bates, but this is a quick little tangent, but it's like, I get better search results. Like, I get specifically the shit that I'm looking for as opposed to just like whatever the most popular article. Ask Jeeves, Yahoo, you know, oh, Ask Jeeves. But getting back to your point, it, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's like, I did the same shit with, the, um, with an article on a. To finish off on that point, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it would definitely have economic, you know, consequences and stuff, but it's like, you know, everybody has their own priorities. It's just like, you know, how so much of the land was developed in spite of the fact that it harmed, like, indigenous communities, and there was a lot of, you know, once again, colonization, and they have their own slave trade, and, you know, all types of other bullshit in order to bring about the development that they do have, and much of the country is still, you know, very impoverished. Um, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, I don't know, and then some motherfuckers are just on the black pill, where they are just so cynical, and they're just like, I'm gonna be dead in 15, 20 years, and just burn all this shit to the ground, and get whatever I can, and it's that, you know, salt, salt the fucking soil, so that way nobody else can benefit from it, and, and that's, you know, and unfortunately there's a lot of leaders, people with power, who, you know, that's just where their mind and their heart is at. You know, on the black pill. On the black pill. I kind of feel like I'm on the black pill too, but I'm like, my black pills have been sugar-coated, just because I've had the benefit of like, you know, being able to enjoy, like, you know, having a rewarding social life and having, you know, not being, not becoming homeless and not being pushed to the brink of just being a completely miserable piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I just kind of wake up and I'm like, it'd be nice if, it'd be alright if I die today. But it's like, since I got shit to do and I'm not going to kill myself, I might as well just kind of, you know, get through the stuff and see if I can kill myself. And usually I end up trying to enjoy it. You know, it's a little bit of this. But that kind of gets to the, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which is, um, like, happiness and be, or just being content, that shit takes work. I used to think that, like, I was just going to wake up one day or if I completed, you know, a certain set of, of, of goals or whatever, that I was just, ah, I'm going to be satisfied and I'm not going to, you know, be worried about this thing or that thing. And it's like, no, it's like every day I wake up and it's like, okay, I go to my routine. And, you know, I, I, I wake up and go through my routine, I think about what I gotta do, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, every day I gotta do something different than helping myself happy. Oh man, I need to rehearse this music, or I need to, you know, return this message, or I need to go out and exercise, or I need to, you know, or, you know blah, 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 blah. It changes every day. And so, like, you know, running on that is, is the idea of, like, working on being empathetic and maintaining, like, the solidarity with, like, the common person. Like, I was walking the other day when I was, uh, usually I get up in the morning and I walk around the block. In my neighborhood, so they'll go out and smoke or whatever, and they go with those sun. Gotta feed the melon, baby. It gets thirsty. But I was walking around, and this dude, he, he's coming up behind me, and I hear like the click of like, um, um, you know, the bike chain and shit, right? And I turn around, and he's like, "Excuse me, is this, you know, a Latin, old Latin guy?" And um, he was like, "Excuse me, you know, my bike's fucked up, and I need your phone." And I was just, and that's my first reaction was like, I didn't want to be bothered and shit, and so I was just like, "No, my phone." Dead or whatever, and then you know, but he pushed past that, you know, he pushed past that initial rejection and was like, um, you know, it's really hot out, I'm just trying to you know, get to work. And he had like his mechanic, you know, what I'm saying, wanted me on and shit. And I was just like, God damn, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, so you know, I, I you know, cut the bullshit and let me use my phone, and he was able to get in touch with whoever he needed to, him so that way he could get the ride. But I was just like, God damn, and I was just like, just how easy is like, the black pill shit? You know, that's why I say my mom, you know, I definitely feel the time I'm black pilled. You know what I'm saying? I get cynical, I'm like, fuck the world, you know, everything's going to shit. But I'm like, you know what, man? It's like, 
you got to take those little moments to like remind other people, like to, to remind myself and remind other people, you know what I'm saying, that there's, uh, uh, that there's hope, at least in the moment, or that you need to provide that, you know what I'm saying, that relief, you know what I'm saying, for another human being, you know, because it's like, all this shit, you know what I'm saying, isn't, isn't, isn't just going to happen, it doesn't happen for me, this isn't just for me, I'm not the star of the show and everybody else is the cast and crew, you know what I'm saying, it's like, I'm, I'm as much a part of this team of humanity as anybody else, so like, you know, we read these stories about like, oh, somebody like Keanu Reeves, he's so great, he's very bigger, you know, somebody like Bob Ross, oh, they were never assholes to anybody, you know, shit like that, and it's like, of course it's never going to be that, but it's like, you know what, I can, to, you know, bring a little bit of joy, bring a little bit of like, showing people like, man, there's just decency in the fucking world still, I'm going to pass that shit on and not, you know what I'm saying, go and shoot for school or like, kill myself or abuse the people in my life and shit. It's like, that's pretty valuable. And so it's just, you know, we, we you know, we got to work on, just we got to, you know, work out to maintain, you know, physical fitness, we got to maintain emotional fitness, we got to maintain, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, fitness in our values, you know what I'm saying, or at least what we think of values. Well, it's going to be a, bit, a little bit on the, like, well, I don't want to get, please try to stick to, no, no, what would you, what would you the opposite of the black, though, because, because, because there's almost, like, not quite the head in the clouds, because I've been, I've been on the whole Abraham Hicks law of attraction thing for the last three months, and it's kind of kept me in a pretty good place most of, like, eight, ninety percent of the time, you know, and, and it's kind of kept the momentum going, it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I try not to look at it as a dichotomy of, like, oh, either, 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 right, either, yeah. either left or right, but that there's degrees to this shit, yeah, and that, and that, and that, you know, and that's why I said, like, there's different ways of being, of, of being a black, you can just be a complete piece of shit and just about destroy everything, or you can kind of be like, you know, yeah, that thing's kind of fucked up, but I'm, but more like, I guess, like the, um, not nihilism, but the, um, hedonistic, kind of like more, uh, like hedonistic, like, yeah, everything's kind of fucked up, but I'm still enjoying myself and help other people have a good time, you know, well, he, like, that's kind of, so it's kind of like a lighter, you know, version, maybe, maybe even sugar coat of black pill is not even the right term, maybe more like gray pill, or, you know, saying like, because I always think of, I always think of hedonism as being more of like you know just just lack of luxury you know the whole almost like wasteful in some some parts of ways. I mean you know? I mean well that's well that has to do with more like your access to resources. Like yeah. I think when I think of hedonism, I just think about just indulgence in general. Like anybody can indulge. Uh, 
outside nature. Going hiking, like anytime I, I'm out outdoors, I'm just like so much better mood. Or um, or when I complete uh, a painting or a design project, or when I'm hanging out with friends, uh, all these little things. I just write out a whole list of that. And then the next thing, what you do is you write out your day, daily schedule is. So you have like a block where you say, oh, uh, this is the block where I, I go to work, or this is the block where I do chores, or this is the block where I watch TV or whatever. Uh, and then you figure out which points in those blocks throughout your day where your list of the things that make you happy, where those get fit in. living a life that is filling. No. First knowing what that is, next mapping it out, and then the next step, scheduling it, and intentionally living that. Right. Yeah. Anybody else? I really like that. I want to try that. I know it might be hard for the first time, but I want to try that. Um, excuse me. Uh, like, in what you were saying, like, you could have helped that guy you know what I mean? Like in a split second, you could have been like, oh yeah, sure, I'll help you. But you went the other way. Um, and, and the only reason I went back is because he pushed past that initial he wanted, rejection. Because, uh -huh. you know, it's like, and you can see, like, maybe he was just a super, you know, cool guy, or maybe he is just, you know, especially charismatic, but also he's in a, a moment of desperation yeah. and need, and so. Um, I guess I'll talk about why I did the, pro the project is in the bag. Like all of us, we can take things for granted as much as we don't want to, we do. But I was looking through my purse and I had my wallet, my phone, my bank hat on one hand. I was looking for a pad or a tampon in my purse. And I was like complaining. I was like, how come I don't have this? How come I don't have this right now? But like down the street, there was a lady sitting at the bus stop, sleeping at the bus stop. And I'm just like, yeah, why am I complaining, you know? in my hands, you know, she doesn't have a bag, she doesn't have a blanket to cover her, too, and she's homeless. So that's when I started the project, was because I know I'm not going to end homelessness, you know what I mean? That's a whole different issue, it's bigger than me, but if I can help these homeless ladies, homeless people, just by giving them necessities every day, maybe it can make their life a little better. Because I, I want to see people happy. Um, not happy, but at you least. Leave their suffering. At least, yes. At least, like, oh, I could go on with my day, you know? Like, I could go on my day like this, or I have this to help me clean up, I have this to, to maybe get me ready for an interview. Like, if you're a homeless person, you need that shit to, like, I don't know. But it's just, there's a lot that, that the homeless people need. So when I these things, I don't want to be selfish, but it does make me feel happy. It does make me feel like I'm contributing to something that not many people care about, you know, but at the same time I know it's not the main issue here, which is self homelessness. but just, yeah, like you said, like just making their day a little easier, 
as the day goes through. Um, I mean, that makes people happy. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with like, you know, I think we get, you know, we kind of get talked about having, you know, certain values, like talking about like altruism. You know, because you were saying, you know, which and altruism, you know, is, is you know, just doing stuff out of the, you know, quote kindness of your heart, you know, expecting nothing in return. Which I kind of think is, it's, I, at this point in my life, I kind of think it's naive bullshit. It's, you know, and it's not to say that people don't care about others or, you know, you know, we shouldn't strive to do things out of it. But it's like, no, you do things expecting, with a certain expectation, and that, and, and you do what you do with the expectation that you're going to provide, uh, provide relief to their suffering and maybe help them, um, help <clears throat> restore access to certain spaces in life because, you know, even though we don't like to say it, it's like there's so many invisible, you know, barriers, you know, around people. You know, somebody, they, if they don't have their, you know, their hygiene in a certain way, you know, saying they're not allowed to, you know, stay in certain places or we, you know, we, we, we alienate them, we distance ourselves from them. Certain, you know, uh, you know, different tax brackets. You know, you can't afford to mingle with certain groups of people because then you have to start going to these restaurants and you have to start paying for ballet when you go to certain places and you have to, you know, hang out and wear a suit and tie or a certain dress when you go to, you know, certain events and shit. So it's all this invisible, certain you know, trace, you know, it, it, you know, so there's all these different barriers, you know what I'm saying, to, um, you know, to life and so helping to, you know, bring that release and shit, you know. Like, I don't think, I don't think we should try to worry about, like, you know, like they shouldn't be afraid to say that, yeah, I'm doing this for a specific reason. I'm expecting something in return, even though that thing isn't necessarily like money in my pocket or me being crazy as a good person. It's seeing just certain results. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this particular thing to see this particular thing happen. Yeah. Um, I think the bottom line is that, um, you know, like sometimes you have bad days, and that's fine. And you want to keep to yourself, and you need to take time to, to you know, work that out. But I think at a basic level, we are social animals, and we are the happiest when we can be feel accepted, feel included, and accept others around us. And so, so I think number one, we can take care care of ourselves first. But in order to take care of ourselves, we also have be considerate and have to keep in mind other people, or it's, it's going to be very, very hard for you to feel like a healthy, happy, balanced human being. It's just, it's just in our nature. So going back to the needs activity, I think that's actually a really good idea. Going back to the needs comment about like mapping, like you know what makes you happy, that's actually a really good idea. And I, I've heard this with many people finding. Um, when you come to a point where you're like, you know, I'm not happy with myself, like how do I get myself to, you know, be at a happy place, be a happy person? It's not like one thing that you do and all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, like I'm happy. It's like, you know, it's a journey and you gotta work through it and I think that's like a good step. And going back to what you said, Brendan, I think that's a good point talking about like helping others. Because um, I kind of struggled with um, volunteering that, you know, you do feel better about yourself, but it also may makes me feel a little guilty. Like, I'm only feeling better about myself because um, I'm humbled by other people's situations, and that's pretty fucked up. And so, what you said was like, maybe it's just seeing results that you can make a difference is like good enough. Like, I shouldn't think of it as like guilty. Yeah. 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 
no, absolutely. That's exactly what I was you know, going at. Because, you know, I was talking to, like, like Irene was saying, um, you know, she looks at you know, people who are in a different position her, and it's like, I was talking to somebody else about this, and they were saying, oh, how can I complain because, I, you know, even though I'm working a lot, and I'm doing this and that, but I'm like, no, don't lose that anger and don't lose that criticism because, like you said, homelessness, you know, there's only so much that we can do on an individual level, but there has to be big systemic changes. And, um, you know, which isn't always feasible, but it's, 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 it's transforming that guilt, or, or, or not even transforming that guilt, but instead of, you know, feeling guilty, kind of being really critical and being like, well, hold on a second, why is there this huge disparity? You know what I'm saying? It's like, why is it that, like, I see, and I worked in food service, I, I served tables for a long time, and it's like, I would see hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of food being thrown out each day and night, or, you know, you know, weeks and months, and it's like, why can't we give this shit to the people who we see sleeping on the bridges, been, you know, saying who, who are digging through the dumpsters, and then there are even some businesses they go and pour bleach or chemicals on the food so nobody else can consume it and shit. It's like we make enough food to feed 10 billion people for to feed 10 billion people, and we don't even have 8 billion yet. You know what I'm saying? Yet people still die, you know, all the time. So it's like, you know, it, it's going from the next level of this, oh, I feel guilty because, you know, I shouldn't complain because somebody else doesn't have this. It's like, no, wait, why the fuck don't these other people have this when there's plenty? You know what I'm saying? When there's more, you know what I'm saying, than, than, than we absolutely need. You know, so going from that, you know, stage of like, okay, I'm going I'm to take care of myself, I'm going to chart out a path to happiness, then I'm going to look at my community, look at, you know, people around me, see what we can do for them, and then you take it to the, the further level, which is like, well, hold on a second, we really got to get everybody, we got to get everybody situated or, or, or right on an individual level so that when the community can start really pushing back. Um, and so this actually goes to the next topic, and I want to talk about this space, Bridgetown DIY. So Bridgetown DIY is a, um, just, 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 it's, it's, it was founded under the anarchist communist uh, ideas, political philosophy. And you can even look up um, over there, those are the colors that are associated with uh, anarchist communism, which is black over red. And contrary to what people think, it isn't just about like, oh, no rules and, you know, nobody owns property or anything like that. It's about, it's about, really about eliminating things like class and eliminating um, state, uh, eliminating the idea of like the, the, uh, the nation state, um, which I don't completely agree with. There's different levels of, of you know, lefty, you know, politics. But what I love about anarcho-communism is the, the um, emphasis on community organizing, solidarity, and making sure that people are straight, like on a financial level, emotional level, and coming together to remind each other of our shared struggles, our shared struggles as, as laborers, our shared struggles as, you know, either renters or homeowners, there's bullshit that goes along with both, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, and, and you know, our rights. Most of the people here are artists, or we are, you know, we don't have quote-unquote traditional uh, jobs, or, or, you know, uh, if we don't have traditional jobs or occupations, um, and so, so that puts us in a different place of vulnerability. And so, you know, part of the whole ethic of spaces like, you know, spaces like Bridgetown DIY is creating a space where people can come together, they can share their, their art, their hobbies and stuff, and, you know, but they'll just also kind of remind each other, you know what I'm saying, of what we're going through and, and, and uh, break down that barrier of, being fearful of our neighbor and being fearful or, or, or not knowing or not being engaged and shit because, you know, that's how things get to such a fucked up level that everybody just thinks, oh, if I just 
worry about this and that and everything else will just take care of itself. No, ain't shit taking care of itself. You know, everybody, um, shit is being handled by somebody else, you know, uh, uh, being manipulated whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Um, and so I just wanted to tell you, you know, to say like this is what I really love about this space and really just love about this idea and hope to keep, you know, this shit goes and uh, continues to grow. So, I hope it doesn't get fucking gentrified anytime soon. So, uh, so going back on what you mentioned about people getting caught in uh, headlines, what I wanted to mention is, is that there was a recent controversy with a comedian, uh, uh, Kevin Hart, and um, the singer, a rapper, rapper singer, uh, Lil Nas X. So Lil Nas X appeared on LeBron James' The Barbershop, which is supposed to be a show based around um, a black, you know, black barbershop. And for those that have never been to a black barbershop, it's, it's basically it's basically just you know it's it's kind of like a, a boys club. It's just a, it's just there's a certain version of black masculinity that is um, propped up in most barbershops. And you know for some people they might call it toxic masculinity. It's just you know to me as I, I stopped going to barbershops years ago, um, mainly just because I didn't want to pay $20 to get my beard shaved, but but also just you just kind of get tired of. of Yeah, whatever, you know, why do they repeat shit? And people should be able to allow to say that. 
so many motherfuckers who are like, they don't want to change, they don't want to hear any rebuttals. Really what they, they you know, talk about, oh, well, oh, you're pointing the camera or you're triggering and shit. Well, because really what they don't want is consequences or to have to change the way that they talk and the way that they behave. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, anybody have any input on that situation? So if you're talking about the black barbershop, I know you don't like the I know I like the ball hold in a certain way. So there we go, that's right. So I'm about to, I'm about to I'm, I keep on the order of when uh, don't cut the mic has bullshit. <laughs> so back to the so you're talking about the black barbershop basically and and one of the things that kind of boils down to is a little bit of the peer pressure environment. Because yeah. uh, there's also like the Asian nail salon, there's like the Hispanic barbershop, there's the different variations of the same exact environment. Everybody with the same ethnic group getting their nails done or their hair done or their toes done, whatever, you know, pedicure salon. And they kind of have like, like a social environment where it's like, okay, we all don't like this certain kind of person. And if you also don't like this certain kind of person, you can't hang out with us kind of thing. And we even see that it goes all the way back to elementary school and kindergarten where there's like a group of kids getting together and saying, okay, we don't like this kind of person. They can't hang out with us. We don't like being around them, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you want to fit in with them so you choose also to dislike that same kind of person just based on the fact that you want to fit in. Not, not, so, much, not, not so much that's right or wrong. You didn't even look at that. Yeah. You just wanted to fit in. Exactly. And so that's, you know, so, so to your point, it's like, so then it isn't even about you actually hating them, it's just the performance of then treating them like shit. But it's like, okay, then you want to talk about intent versus impact. Like, oh, it wasn't my intent, you know what I'm saying, to break your nose. I was just trying to bust a couple teeth out your mouth. But you know what I'm saying, if the end result is still that you inflict the pain and shit, exactly. it doesn't matter what the fuck your intent was. You know what I'm saying? So, and but like, but like you said, it's peer pressure and there's, you know, in each of these spaces, you know, in each of these spaces, it's more or less, you know, you get a wink and a nod of what is, you know, of what is quote, quote, kosher, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it's like, and that's just one particular taste. But the piggyback on top of it is like, let's talk about Dave Chappelle. I don't know if most of y'all saw Dave Chappelle's last special, Sticks and Stones, um, but there was also a big controversy about that because in one of his jokes, he talks about, one of his quote, quote, jokes, it is, um, he talks about how he can't use the gay slur, the, 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 the gay, uh, yeah, the, the gay slur of F word, um, because he got in his in his in his routine and stuff, right? And so um, he talks he, he 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 talks about a situation where he got called in by an executive when he was doing the Chappelle show and talking about, oh Dave, you can't use that slur. And he was like, what? Well, why can I say? Because you use this, and he said the executive said you can't use the gay slur because you don't identify, you know, as that. And then he was like, okay, fair enough. But then he turns around and says, well, why can I say nigger with impunity? Why can I say nigger as much as I want when, I, when I'm not a nigger either? And he's like, bro, you're being, it's like, dude, that's not funny. That's not, you're not pointing at people who are like, oh, you know, it wasn't really funny, but he was pointing out his hypocrisy. Like, no, it's bullshit. It's like the whole thing about, like, the, you know, nigger or the N-word is, if you know that it's not obvious to you from the sound of my voice, I am black. Because, uh, you know, what's a quick tangent is that, like, I can be out in public and I'll say, like, I'll say nigger, and I say nigger a lot. Um, and other black people will turn around just to be like, is this a black person that's saying this shit or not? So, like, and trust. And trust, like, the thing is that, like, the use of the N-word is still a contentious issue within the black community across the age groups across, you know, saying culture. Like, there's plenty of people my age and younger that are like, no, don't use it. And other ones who are like, they use it with impunity. So I would, so I would just say to the, the non-black people, at a certain point, you 
know if you feel comfortable enough saying nigga, um, and whether you spend enough time around black people to, to, to really feel like you can say it. Um, so, so don't come up to me asking me, like, oh, can you get an Amber pass or just feel like you can say it around me. Uh, just, just, just saying, because people trust. I've almost gotten into sticky situations. Back when I was living in North Carolina, wait, what the fuck was I talking about before? Oh, they just happened, uh, yeah, so, so if I lose track, please remind me of that. So I was living in North Carolina, right? And I was hanging out with my neighbors. And, and, and uh, one of those, like, Dominican and a couple of the boys are just, you know, they're, they're Yankees like me, right? So we was down, we was chilling at Sonic Burger, we all chilling and whatnot, and a group of like, you know, five drunk white boys come up, and it's, you know, whatever, you know, we can fuck with anybody. Um, you know, and everybody's fucked up and lit and everything, we have a good time. And so, one of the, <laughs> the most charismatic white dude who we've been, been chatting with and shit, he gets on the Sonic, he's speaking to order some food, right? And it's nothing but black employees inside the Sonic. And he was like, he's like, I need, you know, like 18 burgers, uh, uh, burgers and shit for me and my niggas. And he's like, and it's like, the niggas, he sticks the landing. And he's clearly, whether he's actually hanging around black people or not, or if he's just been rehearsing it enough, it's like, you know, he comes off, like, committed. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's conviction when he says it. It doesn't bother me, right? But I look inside the fucking glass of the Sonic restaurant, I'm just like, oh, this could get very ugly very fast. And so, and so it's like I kind of had to intervene and just kind of like calm them down and be like, all right, back up and like appreciate it, but just, you know, just like relax and shit. And these other white boys, man, they pieces of shit. They wasn't coming up trying to intervene and nothing. They all pussies, so I mean, you know, so if you hear this, I hope you haven't like gotten yourself killed or you had your ass beat in black pussies. It's like, just watch that shit. And whoever those boys you had around, they pieces of shit. They do not have your back. Fuck them. Okay, so I'm just saying, it's like, if you gotta ask, it, 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 uh, to use the N-word and shit, you probably shouldn't be saying it. You don't have the conviction, alright? But getting back to the main point of David Bell, like, no, dude, the whole thing about it is called slur reclamation, or reclaiming the slur. Black folks, never, we never call ourselves niggers. We never refer to each other as niggers. You know what I'm saying? But we took this term that was used against us, used to mean us, and we flipped the shit. And some of the fuckers have flipped it enough where they've made millions of dollars uh, in, in, in um, selling our culture, you know what I'm saying, around the fucking world. Um, you know, where like in, in places around the world where they don't even have black people, you know what I'm saying? They, they want to look like us, they dress like us, and all that shit so, is so fucking amazing. But it's just like, bro, like, you're being sent on purpose just because you don't want to make any room for the LGBT experience, you know what I'm saying? And so he's being sent to me, but oh, why can't I, you know, I can't say that, but I can say this, because, yeah, nobody's ever looked at Dave Chappelle and said, oh, you know, use any gay slurs towards you. Or if they did, it wasn't because they thought you were actually that. It was probably just, just trying to be edgy and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it, it's so fucking frustrating, because this is what passes off as, like, it's like, how am I supposed to call you a comedy genius? And you're just, and you're giving the equivalency that motherfuckers 13-year-old Warchan use? You know what I'm saying? The logic that fucking 15 year olds use? This is bullshit. So it gets back to the whole thing with with you were talking about Kevin Hart earlier. Well, actually, hold on. There's one more quick thing. But no, hold in that because I because I, I want to dive deeper on this. Sorry, I shouldn't hand it to you because at that point. But uh, and and there's two reasons why I understand I understand what he's doing in that why 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 black folks do that and it's fucked up, but it's just. It's, it's fucked up, but here's the reasons why. So, there's the, you know, we talk about like the black struggle, right? Like, we can't hide, you know, the color of our skin, whoever you are, right? We can't change that shit. 
for the most part. Um, or it's just very difficult to do so, and you still won't always get treated in a way. But one of, the, two, one of the reasons why there's still a lot of resentment towards the LGBT community besides like machismo and like religious doctrine and all that bullshit is that a lot of black folks look at these strides that the LGBT community has made and their rights and the, their profile and saying, damn, these kids us in line. You know what I'm saying? They were able to get all this shit done in a short time span and it's taken us hundred years and we're still, you know, getting treated like shit in different respects. And then there's another part where to be LGBT isn't bound by the color of your skin. Anybody with your background can be that. And so since most of this is a white country, white majority country in the U.S., it's like most white people, or excuse me, the LGBT community is still primarily white. And so there's still a lot of cross-section of white, um, of white uh, privilege and a lot of, you know, different, uh, uh, you know, the same racism that comes with that, except they're gay or they're, you know, they're LGBT or something. And so a lot of black people, you know, and other ethnic groups, they feel like, you know, well, they don't need us to respect them. We don't have to care about them because they jumped us in line and they were able to get so much more and they control the media and, you know, all the other bullshit. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in certain respects, they've been black people. You know what I'm saying? They just had such negative experiences and seeing, you know what I'm saying, the ways that different groups have advanced. And so they're like, why do I have to open my heart or my home to them? They just seem to be going fine on their own. You know what I'm saying? When that's really not the case. And, you know, you have to allow, or it's, it's most productive to allow space for people who are at that intersection of like, yeah, I'm LGBT and I'm white or I'm not, you know, black. I fuck with y'all. I fuck with everybody. Like, I, you know, I think all human beings, you know what I'm saying, deserve, you know, the equal rights. And there's plenty of people who die, you know, saying defending people who don't look or sound like them, live like them. So, you know, it's just, you know, trying to remind people just not to get so cynical, not be so bitter. You know, there's always going to be pieces of shit in every community who only care about getting rights for their in-group and don't care about anybody else outside of group. But it's like, that's, that's the trial and error, you know what I'm saying, of like, of building a movement and building solidarity. Now, I'm going to give it back to Matt before I so rudely interrupt him. <laughs> what was it? You're talking about intent versus... Well, yeah, I was talking about intent versus impact. You know, intent versus impact. Because when people say, like, oh, I'm not, it's not about me, it's my culture or it's my religion, or I'm not doing this because of hatred in my heart. I just don't have to agree with your lifestyle or agree with, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, as somebody who's, who's dealt with bullying in my lifetime, um, it's, 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 because I, I brought up that whole thing with, like, to fit in, you know, agreeing with something messed up just to fit in with a group of people versus, like, like saying you're the, saying you're, somebody's getting set upon or being bullied. On, and there's a whole crowd of people laughing at them, as opposed to the per- being one of the people in the crowd laughing at that person being picked on, as opposed to being the person picking on that person. Mm-hmm. So who were you in that situation? Were you the person, you know, being being picked on? Were you the person doing the doing the bullying, or were you the, one of the people laughing along with that bully? And I'd say like a good chunk of the crowd, like for the shift in, in attitudes and, and opinions. A good chunk of those people were the people laughing rather than the people bullying. But the, that's still bad. Once again, intent versus, you know, they, they were just intending to fit in and laugh along with the crowd and go with the popular opinion of the time. Because if you sided with that person being picked on, you would join them in that, you know, you would become that person too. And, you know, and to whoever's listening, if you were brave enough to stand up to the popular opinion and join that kid and also be picked on, you know, my hat's off to you for being brave and kind of being ahead of your time, you know, like seeing like, you know, hindsight being what? 
2020, yeah, hindsight being only so much. And, you know, being the person that was bullied on throughout, you know, elementary, middle, and high school, you know, dressing a certain way, having certain interests, you know, just looking a certain way, you know, or looking, just looking at somebody or acting a certain way, you know, that, that but, you know, like years later, you don't know what the future is going to hold, but that doesn't give you a pass, you know, to, to excuse yourself from being one of the people in the crowd laughing at that person being big time. You have to apologize. You have to apologize for being one of the people laughing at them. You also have to apologize even more if you're the one bullying. And, and that bullying doesn't always mean you're the one punching that kid being picked on for being whatever ethnicity or sexuality or interest. You know, even if he's just in the book. Oh, people, people have been beaten up and almost killed just for liking Star Wars. You know, people have been beaten up and been almost killed for fucking liking anime or listening to Heaven Metal whatever, whatever interest. And and years later on, those same people laughing at that same kid become, oh yeah, this is so cool. All those years never happened. All that shit never happened. Not coming off as Mr. Bitter. Or it was just a joke or we were just having fun or we didn't know any better. We didn't know. We didn't know. And, and, and here we are buying those products and, you know, that kid killed himself maybe 10 years ago and we're completely forgetting that that happened all together. Yeah. In fact, I've actually, um, you know, us three going to the same high school, I saw that, that happen in less than a year. I saw the whole bullying, like them forgetting that, that they were ever the people laughing from junior to senior year, just going from here to there. It's like, oh yeah, no, that never happened. Let's have a laugh about it. Yeah. Let's, look, let's look behind ourselves and forget that all happened. Nope, we're just going to laugh. And that's pretty much what that is. Uh, and and I'm, I'm saying Kevin Hart is, is either one of the laughing people or one of the bullying people. And, you know, you have to, to see what which one of those he was, and you know, you, you do have to apologize. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, the pink dog people being compared to that, that one or the other, because yeah. time passes by, but you have to, it's, it's not going to go away. Yeah. Yeah, so, can you all have Yeah, um, so let's bring a little bit of levity real quick. Uh, we're already about, no, not even solid 90 minutes. Excellent. <laughs> This has been going a lot smoother than I, I literally have like, well obviously we're not going to get through this shit, but I'm glad that I over, I'm glad that I overestimated how many subjects, because I literally have like, probably like 30 subjects, 30, 40 subjects, but fortunately I'm going to have to dig that deep, because y'all are adding some great commentary, and I appreciate that. We could have kept going with a few of them though. Yeah, we yeah, could, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know some people do like three, four hour podcasts and shit, like, because I already know, because I already know how I am when I listen to other people's shit, I'm like, you give me more than 90 minutes to two hours, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm not even going to listen to this in one, in one sitting, mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm going to get tired of listening to all the voices. So it'll probably go a good half, you know, maybe a good half hour or so. So, uh, yeah, this, this brings up a little more lighthearted uh, before we transition again. So this is from a dating profile, I'm not going to say that I blocked out their name and shit. Um, but it's kind of funny just talking about the things that people say that they want or stating their interests or just people just, you know, being so upfront with their, their profiles and shit. So this is a woman's profile on POS and Plenty of Fish. And here's the interests that she listed. Trashy novels, world peace, dry humble, cooking, not cleaning, celibacy, stranger things, coffee, smell my finger, I'm fat. My sausage fingers. Tired of typing. It's like I think that's, yeah, that's, it's, they're trying to, yeah, 
kind of be poetic about it. Yeah, I, I just thought that, like, okay, maybe, you know, it's to me, it just sounds cynical. Like, it was, like, the way you said it was like a haiku. <laughs> <laughs>
um, and a couple other people who died because from from Michael Jackson from fentanyl. Um, and the thing is, they didn't know that they were taking it, so they unwittingly took a drug that was you know anywhere from ten to twenty times stronger than what they were expecting to take. They just um, arrested the guy that they just arrested the guy that. Uh, nice sold, yeah, that sold Black Miller his his drugs that were that were laced with. You know, it's very unfortunate, and it's just like, you know, like, so that's why it's like when you talk about like knowing your limits and knowing what you put in your body and shit, it's like, you know, we only know, it's a thing, you know. Michael Jackson's doctor, that, that I think the fentanyl was a sedative, I think, and it was actually, you wasn't it the sedative that's used to put people out before they have surgery? I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure when all the circumstances are used, but the thing is, is that it's so, it's so fucking powerful. Yeah, because it's like, like somebody described it, it's like, um, it's like doing demolition on a building with a nuclear bomb, basically. It's, it's yeah, basically. All Michael Jackson wanted to do was fall asleep, you know. Was it the horse tranquilizer? Maybe. No, that's Kevin. Uh, 
how do we reclaim power as laborers? Because you know, when we see reports about like Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos is the richest fucking man in the world by you know by miles, and yet he just took away health benefits for 2,000 employees in Whole Foods. You know, we have reports of Amazon employees having to pee in bottles of his on adult diapers. You know, saying to meet quotas, uh, meet efficiency quotas, and um, you know, one of the great things about this space, about the you know, about the space for some DIY, is that they have literature um, that helps remind people of their power and the things that we can do. So I'm lucky in the job that I do. One is like a contract job, and the other one is I'm a real employee. But it's kind of um, my skin is pretty flexible. One of the things that I had to discover to do is to withhold labor, withhold my labor and refuse to do work or refuse to turn in assignments when I'm not satisfied. Oh yeah, this is great. Um, so Matt's got a couple of brochures. One of them says, take back your life. Um, well, that's more like a, uh, a women's guide, but it's still, it's still good for that. A women's guide to alternative healthcare and then what is prisoner support, a collection of like writing of political prisoners and solidarity with the prison folks. And then there's another one where it's talking about um, where it gives you, you know, tips on how to shoplift. Um, you know, I can't endorse that, of course, um, but I would definitely suggest uh, something interesting to look into. But uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you can find a couple more posters. We can bring them up. But um, but just talking about, you know, like, like, you know, I know, I know people aren't just going to go out and strike tomorrow. Most people aren't. Um, but there are different movements and strikes happening. About 50,000 um, workers from General Motors went on strike a few days ago because negotiations, they have unions, but the negotiations, negotiations broke, uh, fell through with the, um, with the leaders of, G, of GM. So they were just like, fuck it, we want on strike. So 50,000 people just said, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Which is, which is fucking, which is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? We need more of that. Unions have been taking a beating for decades, and we need more of that. Let me talk about a couple more. Uh, the Brooklyn Cops Watch, ICE. I mean, those are good brochures, but they don't do with the, the, the thing I'm talking about right now. Specifically, just talking about like labor and how we need to take the little things that we can do to kind of uh, gain back power. So, but one of the things I do with my contract job is they recently changed companies. We were still getting paid um, electronically through PayPal and shit, right? But they failed to inform us, it was weak, but they failed to inform us that the payments were not going to be coming through on time or they didn't give a fuck. So I had already completed a couple of assignments, right? And I was waiting, by the time that they were supposed to get paid, I was supposed to get paid on that Friday, but they wouldn't end up coming to the following Monday or Tuesday. And that's only because I had to pressure them to send them a bunch of emails, and then the assignments that I was supposed to submit, I refused to, I refused to send them. And so, of course, they're getting worried with all the client meetings and the client events. Well, I was like, I'm like, I was supposed to be paid two or three days ago. And y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all told me the business changed hands uh, a few weeks ago. But y'all didn't say anything. You didn't give a fuck about my payments going through. So, why am I going to continue to do work for y'all, you know what I'm saying, if y'all don't pay me on time? And so, um, and then enough bitching, they, you know, they ended up paying that shit. But it was just kind of like, like, man, if I would have, like, withheld to that little degree, you know what I'm saying, they wouldn't have said anything. And then right after my payment went through, we got a, a company email um, saying, oh, we apologize for this. We got some complaints that the payments weren't going through. So, you know, when we changed companies and shit, it was, you know, we didn't know that the payments were going to take long. Well, I was like, that's fucking stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like, we, those little things that we've got to do, you know what I'm saying, to, like, like, to the little ways in which we got to push back and shit. And, um, 
Yeah, so I just wanted to see if like anybody else has any ideas on how to like, you know, how you how you withhold your labor or how you push back as an employer or an employee, excuse me, the way that you get treated as a as the way you get treated or your expectations and how you, you know, communicate with your fellow laborers and how you can improve the workplace. I'll just continue on. No. no? Okay. Um, well, it's not, it's not, you, don't have to, you don't have to have a job, but just thinking about what would make... So it's a great example. So you don't have a job, but you went on an interview on a Saturday night, right? Yeah. So do you feel comfortable talking about that experience or saying, like, man, why the fuck do I have to go to a, a media, uh, uh, an interview on a Saturday, you know, unless that's something typical of the industry or has to, you know, do with that? Um. I guess what ways would you say, what, if you could change the model of how, like, either we do interviews or the ways in which, you know, we get treated or the expectations that are made of us as an employer, because that face-to-face interview shit is kind of an antiquated way of, you know, assessing yeah. whether somebody is a competent employee, you know, as well as the, like, personality tests to try to give us, which are complete bullshit. So I guess what is more like your idea on, like, Making the process, <clears throat> making the process, and the interaction between employer and employee more equitable and more fair and more um, and more uh, yeah, just more fair. Well, I think it, it really depends on the nature of the job. So, like for example, uh, the the interview that I did this past Saturday was for a teaching job for teaching painting, and so I have I I did have I have the option versus an in-person interview. And at first I was supposed to have the phone interview, but that like fell through and a week went by. And so I just decided, you know, screw it, I really want to just get this down and I'm better in person than on the phone anyways. And I'd rather see the space so that I know if I like this. I know if this space is right for me. So that's why I chose to just go in and, and take the chance when I could. Because um, I knew that was the only way. Um, so I, I think that situation is very different than, say, like a computer-based job. So I'm also I'm also a graphic and web designer. Um, for those kind of jobs, I don't think you need to have face-to-face. I, I think email conversation is perfectly fine. A lot of people love talking on the phone. I, uh, but I, I don't think that's even necessary for a web or a graphic design job. Anybody else? Labor forces. So back when I was uh, back when I was trying to become a bartender for several years, there was always like the debate on what your resume is supposed to look like. So several different bars that I applied to were always asking for a photo, asking for a photo, asking for a photo. It wasn't until I attended classes at the Restaurant Opportunity Center that I actually learned that it's not that illegal, but it's not really like required or needed at all, and it shouldn't be something. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be something that should be required at all. That you that you should be disqualified just because you don't have a photo of yourself on the resume. You know. That's not even legal. That's not even legal. They're not even legal. They're not even legally. Um, 
in most industries, uh, you're not even allowed, you're not, it's not even legal for you to ask that shit. You're not supposed to be like, okay, you send them a photo with your resume, unless it's like modeling or something, which in case they usually already know what you look like, but you have to come in and shit. It's like, no, that's not even, they're not just doing it. bartending. Yeah. It's just bartending. So that, that's why it was so upsetting. So I went to apparently some sort of bartending training thing. Mm-hmm. Met with another, this is after I went to the restaurant opportunity center and he told me about the whole thing with the photo not being needed. I went up to the guy because I thought it was illegal, and they said, it's not illegal, I put a picture of a dick on there, and nobody can stop me. You know, you're an idiot, you need to cut your hair and apply. You know, and, then, and I was so mad, I was so pissed off at that guy, and I was thinking that shit was a front for something else. You know, it very well may be. <laughs> I really hope that guy got a fucking hammer to the face. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, you're in fucking Norwalk, your place got burned down. Matt's been radicalized by shitty interviews. <laughs> yeah, shitty hard interviews. It's, it, you know, and especially in that world, especially for women, like, like it was very, because it was either you have to be like a six foot, like, like bruiser, you know, like, like big guy who can take care of people, or you have to be an attractive woman for several bars because of like the whole Hooters thing and then the Irish bar where you have to wear the skirts and stuff like that. So uh, that was an industry and I wanted to go in because I wanted to get, I was really into mixology, uh, did, the, did my, my year of bartending school, learned all the cocktails, so I have them all memorized in my head. It's what got me the scotch and you know, Brandon has the YouTube channel about sake, you know. Well it's not just sake but like just drink, um, it's, mo- it's like food drinks and lifestyle. Food drinks and lifestyle, so it's like, it's already like interest in alcohol, maybe learn about wine and things like that. But like encountering stuff like this just left, left a bad taste in my mouth. And like like most people, you have to like be a waiter, waitress, and be promoted from within, or you need to know the person who owns the bar or something. Because yeah. if you're not like that six foot bruiser or you're that attractive individual, that's why I was just so disgusted with the whole picture situation. So yeah. you know, I, it got to the point. It actually got to the point where I was on Craigslist messaging the people, say asking for the photos, like. You need to stop doing this. Stop asking for a photo. <laughs> no, no, was like, no, that was absolutely the right thing to do. They, discrimination. Yeah, it is discrimination. So I was like, I was even emailing back because I, because if it is illegal, I was telling them that it was illegal because I was like, this is illegal. Stop asking for photos. And I sent that to all every bartending host that was asking for that. So it was just like, you know, yeah, bartending industry guys. Yeah, man, that's why people are not as easy as Tom Cruise makes it look. <laughs> you about to say something? Or uh, Irene? <laughs> I think it goes back, I was in a psychology class and there was a study about resumes, about resumes. You're not supposed to put a picture on there, but they, they did their, they did the resume with a picture and without, and the people with got more call, uh, interviews than the people without. Mm-hmm. Because your the employer is already looking for a look, even though they, they, they don't tell you they have this idea. So when you put that picture on there, it either affirms not firm, it confirms what they're looking for or it's like definitely not what they're looking for. So it's discrimination in a way. And it's like that sucks because you don't know what a person's skills are unless you see them work. Like you, like you're, like Matt is probably looking good at mixing and shit if you've been on that for a year, you know? Yeah. But they're never going to see that because they're discriminating you on the picture that you did. That I said, that, that, that you did. Right. And it's the picture. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. More than yes, you don't always know you're right. You know what? You know that, 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 you know that's part of the asymmetry of the situation is that you know we're desperate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to be employed or be able to survive and shit. So even though you know, even if you whether you know shit is illegal or if it just doesn't feel right, you know what I'm saying. You still end up submitting yourself to these fucked up processes. It's an interpretation. Yes. Well. Well, it's, it's, that's not that's, it's self-preservation. Yeah, you know, what I'm it's doing shit that you feel is compromising yourself mm-hmm. legally and or morally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but you're just like, fuck, I'm stuck. You know, what I'm saying, or I don't have a better this job. I need this job because I, I don't have access to other opportunities and shit, or they're out of reach. You know what I'm saying? Certain, you know, there's certain boundaries, there's invisible, you know what I'm saying, boundaries that are set, you know, for various reasons. So, but all I'm just saying is, like, so to go off of that. I don't know if I've ever signed up for like these magazine subscriptions where like, you know, like, oh, you get four or five for a certain deal. A lot of those shit was scam. And like, within like one of the first two years, and I moved out of my own, I ended up signing up for one. It was like GQ and a couple of other like, you know, lifestyle and fashion magazines and shit. And then, you know, they continue to charge you. They continue, as it's a scam, they continue to charge you like after the, the, the trial is supposed to be over and shit. And so I'm looking up, I'm like, how do I stop the payment? And I'm, you know, making emails. And then finally, somebody was like, make an email saying that you're going to go talk, or that you forwarded the shit to like the attorney general or some administrator in the state, right? And then all of a sudden the payment stopped. But it's been, what was it, 2008, 2009? So 10 years later, I'm still getting the fucking magazine. So it's kind of like, they were kind of like, oh shit, like, you know, some real repercussions might come from this, but we're going to continue to send you. I've probably gotten 10 times the value, the supposed value of what I paid for those magazines. And I continue to fucking get them. I just got one the other day with some comedian actor, John Mulvaney or John Mulaney or some shit. Um, I'm never going to read this shit. I haven't read, I haven't opened one of things in like six years. So, I mean, but I'm, you know, it's like, it's like once I knew, well, luckily, luckily there were 40 people who already knew about the shit and posted their stories up online. Otherwise, I would have been like, oh, well, I guess this is just a payment I have to continue to make until, you know, maybe hopefully I can afford a lawyer or know who I can talk to to stop this shit. So, what were you going to go to? So, like, with the ball, back to the bartending, it was, so one of the things I did to take my fate into my own hands because of, like, the whole situation with, like, the brick and mortar bartending. So, I just took it into my own hands and started my own, like, private bartending business. I made flyers and I just started, like, bartending at random people's birthdays, graduation parties, and stuff like that. I messaged, like, got the, the guys who ran those, like, inflatable jump houses. Shit, you want to do that shit? No, because it's, it's not as much pay. Like, I only got maybe, like, two days of work a month, you know, but, you know, because I, I had, like, a base fee and then they had to provide the alcohol and I keep all the tips and all the cash is under the table. So, so that's how, what I was going off at the time. And I was just basically, I had to call people on Craigslist be like, yeah, can you put me on your preferred list? I'll refer you or you refer me. And that's like, I ended up bartending in Inglewood, Yukaipa, all these other cities that like, I haven't been to at that point. And I was like 22 at the time. I would try to take a look at that. I mean, if you could pull even four or five days a month, because then you wouldn't have to go to the factory as often. Nah, well, we'll continue with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and as for that... We don't have to continue that with all. I was just, you know... So, so with, um, other than other than the independent bartending, we're talking about resumes. You're talking about resumes. So I attended, uh, basically, a hospitality, like, 
like career conference thingy where they give you points if you attend it over at Malazak. And basically they have a representative they have a representative there from Disney. They have a representative from like Best Western or Marriott Hotels and then some other guy, like a like a guy who like an executive from TGI Fridays. And basically very corporate people. And they were just the I think the one that injured me the most was the representative from like Marriott or Hilton. Because she was basically saying like, Oh yeah, we don't like we only like it when you send in your resume. We don't want you to do anything in person and send us thank you notes or take your fate into your own hands and, and, and show up and get to know us. No, your resume has to pop. You have to make sure and I'm like and I was just like and she was also went on a on a story about like how great, how luxurious like her experience learning about things was. The Disney representative, he was like a robot, more or less. It, it felt like, you know, he was reading from a script, it's like, here at Disney, we really, you know, we want a certain kind of person. There's a Disney look, there's a Disney that means all you know. He was like he wasn't human. There's a Disney anxiety, there's a Disney drug addiction, there's a Disney poverty. There's, there's uh, underpayment, there's stolen wages, there's mm-hmm. Disney okay. And then, and then uh, the TGI Fridays guys, he was like, because you were talking about how stupid um, uh, personality tests were, he was saying, oh yeah, they really pick you apart. It's amazing. <laughs> personality tests. I'm an ISTJ. something and talking about how great yeah. he was working at like it's like one of those chains like a TGI Fridays type thing that he was working for. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like thirty questions asked in ten different ways. Like there's only thirty different variables to him in personality. So that was like one of the weirdest um, career conference meetings things and I was just like, what are these people? Yeah, yeah, what are these people is the ultimate question. Real quick before we get to the last topic, I wanna to talk about the last topic I wanna talk about is, is the limitations of quote unquote just being yourself and and talking about where our, where your limits are in being nudged into new things and how we discover new things that we're into by pushing past those initial um, either initial disgust or initial aversion or just initial just kind of like disinterest. But before we get to that, talking more about these like lizard people, <laughs> I was working, so I, like I said, I served tables for a long time and I served it, I served tables for probably seven years and it was really like four years too long. Like I should have got out of business three years before I did, but I mean, you know, it's like the kind of things that you can get is like you want to, you just get kind of comfortable living a certain lifestyle and shit and having a certain time to yourself and it's just like no things have changed. But anyway, one of the last restaurants, the second to last restaurant I was working at was the only five-star restaurant, supposedly five-star restaurant in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, this is, you know, whatever the decent place, I met some decent people there and shit, but like the management, they were very much like tool. And I don't just use that like just to put them down, but they were very happy, like, no, we're just, you know, like they took their position very seriously as being like middle managers for, you know, restaurant service to make sure that we maintain a certain mood and we maintain a certain, you know, like I had to say one of the tests I took was to memorize over like 120 or 30 some odd wines, different wine types. And in the period that I was there, I never sold more than like three or four different times. You know what I'm saying? Like different managers. Um, but I was supposed to memorize, you know, over 100 and some odd different tests. But less than six months, I get fired, right? And the reason why I get fired is because I, it's 
straight up because of my attitude, my energy. Like I said, I should have been out of the business years ago because my heart was just not in it. You know, even though I was a pretty introverted and not the most sociable person at the time, it, it did help nudge me and push me into having to like initiate conversation and having to, you know, push myself in those respects. It was like after a while, it's like having to deal with people in that privileged situation of people uh, being in a situation where they're the customers, motherfuckers act a certain way. They talk to you in a way that they wouldn't talk to you at, at, down on the street, you know what I'm saying, or, or they see you face to face in a grocery store and y'all are the same, you know, you're both just customers. But I got fired for two incidents. One, um, one, or, yeah, uh, both of them had to do with the fact that I didn't show enough enthusiasm to the table, to the, to the patrons. I didn't seem like I cared enough about them, which I really didn't. I didn't give a fuck. Um, you know, when I got sat down by one of the managers, she was like, you know, well, we've already told you, you know, before, you know, because I was on probation or whatever, and I got those two complaints in like a month or six weeks. And I'm like, well, we had warned you, and unfortunately you weren't able to change, and blah, blah, blah. It's, and here's the thing that really fucking got me, showed me how much of a fucking school this woman was. Well, she was like, you know, so unfortunately we gotta let you go. Now we still want you to come here and bring your friends and family and spend money. She specifically said, we still want you to come and spend money here, but you can't fucking work here. So we want you to spend your money in our establishment, but you can't make any money. Fuck you, we didn't meet our standards. And I didn't say anything, I didn't talk off, I didn't fly off the handle, I just let her finish her bullshit and nodded and just, you know, like Matt said, you know, that was a part of me that got radicalized because I'm just like, these moderate, centrist, liberal pieces of shit. I hope you catch a hammer and stick it to the face. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the way she said it too, it might have been in a, in a matter of like, okay, well, you're not, you're not quite working out with us, and you know, she tried to be to sugarcoat it and candy coat it as yeah. possible. We'd love to have you in here, whatever. And but she said, no, but she, but, but she, no, but she, the thing is, she didn't coat that part. She, in that same tone of voice and energy, she said, she literally said, we still want you to spend your money here. But she, she's made those precise words. Wow. Because I mean, I've gotten fired before, and it's almost always because of my attitude, um, or my dis, my, I should say specifically my disinterest, my attitude, um, and kind of like my own. At the, at the time, it was more so um, uh, misanthropy. It's kind of like it's not like the people in general. Um, but I was just kind of like I was just so shocked. Otherwise, it would just be like any other time I got fired. So were you before. waiting for that point? Though? Was I waiting for what? Because you said it was like three years overdue that you had. I mean, that was hindsight. Like, I mean, of course I knew at the time that I wanted to quit, but now looking back, I can, defend, I can more definitively be like, oh shit, I should have got out of this. I should have got out of this sooner just because of my energy and how each of them yeah. continues to, how, how, Is it how, was how, that you were waiting to be fired in a way? But I was expecting it. Like, I knew, it was kind of one of those things, like, I don't know when it's going to come, but it's coming. You know, because just because you need to maintain, you need to maintain. It's a, there's a performance to each whatever your job is, whatever your shit, right? And you know, yeah, maybe I was just, you know, maybe that was a time when I was just being a little too fun. I was just going in too high. I wasn't going in a clear mind. I wasn't taking care of myself in other respects. I didn't. I wasn't socializing as much outside of my life. Blah blah blah. And I was still just becoming the person that I am. But whatever the reason or reasons were, I. It, it was expected, I was expected just because I was like, I already know where my head is at, I know where my energy is at, I know what they expect, so it's just a matter of time. And then one more thing before we get into the whole nothing thing, um, I definitely want y'all to put on this, is, is um, one of the other jobs I got fired from, and I told this a dozen times, 
So with this one job, the longest running job that I had up to this point, um, before the job I have now, I was there for about two years. Within those two years, I was suspended at least half a dozen times uh, for either being a smart-ass customer or just being apathetic. You know, like, I was an asshole where, like, I was coming for a shift and it was super busy and I was taking care of me and this other dude, we had a table. And a table is even a birthday celebration, right? And we were supposed to bring out the birthday cake in a certain way and not be too, you know, uh, uh, upfront about it. But in my mood, I was just like, fuck it. And I just went and I said, here's your birthday cake. And the dude, and I put it right in front of the birthday person that's supposed to be a secret. And the dude was for a woman, woman and she's sitting in her boyfriend, you know, trying to distract her and get her attention, you know, and say some, you know, bullshit, you know, like, sidebar, sidebar, you know, I'm so, I'm so in love with you. It's such a great, you know, blah, blah, blah. And
these different, you know, spaces to navigate as an adult, and then other ones we don't give a fuck about as much anymore. But just how in the ways as an adult at this point in your life do you go about assessing the, the limitations you have and what ways you, you, you're pushed it by external forces in which you are the external force that pushes others? Um, not start with me first. <laughs> being one of the things and you know our limits to like what we want to do and who we are like around different people and being sure we're being about yourself and, and like define well I'll ask about nudging a bit like how you define that but who, what a, the performance is one of them being like whenever I'm around like a family party or something like that and, and this is one of like the beliefs that, that that I developed like I think starting in my teenage years that I didn't want to ever become a parent and I'm not really that like I'm not like I hate kids but I don't really enjoy being around them or having to like put that filter on when I'm around them but when I am around kids I have to put on that performance you have to not say certain things you can't act a certain way you can't refer to certain things and there's a lot of things that they don't know about because they weren't around for it you know it's like oh I can't make a reference to this I can't they don't even know what this is they don't know what this word means they shouldn't and, know what this or that thing is yet yeah, they don't know what this or that thing is yet, so that's like one of the things, the things that's, that's, that having to put up that performance is one of the main reasons why I don't want to be a parent. It is one of the reasons why I'm not that crazy about, like, no offense to anybody here or anybody who has friends that have kids, that I just don't enjoy being around them for that reason, you know? I mean, that's real, man. Yeah. You, just, you know, you like what you like, you know, you like what you... Like what, what you like. like what you like, you don't like what you don't like. And but then tying into the nudging, you know, so... And what would you define as nudging? So when I look at nudging, I think of it... When I, when I think about, you know, being nudged and shit, I think about it in terms of... So like you said, like, being around kids and stuff, if you put on a certain performance, I try to look at it more so as, like, I tap into a certain part of myself. Like, I don't... It's kind of like we grow up and we think, okay, I'm 30 years old and I'm at this point in my life, so this is, and this is, you know, it. But it's like, no, it's the accumulation of all this shit, you know. It's, it's, and it kind of it sounds kind of corny to say, like, oh, there's still a 10 year old in here, but it's, it's more so like I still have the memory of 10 years old. I still have, you know, certain reactions to, to, to different stimuli, you know what I'm saying? Like if I hear certain music or if I hear certain phrases or if I'm reminded of certain situations and stuff, you know, they both go like triggers, but it doesn't always, you know, Trigger doesn't always have a negative connotation, but as far as what nudging means to me, is on a regular basis being pushed into a situation or being in a situation where certain demands are made of you, you have to give a certain performance or, or operate in a certain gear in order to navigate a particular space, and then how um, exhausting that is for you. So like for serving tables, in the first few years, like I said for me, it was good because I was having to overcome a lot of anxiety about, uh, about socializing and having to engage conversation and realizing that, you know, this shit's not always going to be 50-50. I may sometimes have to give 70% of myself in, in exchange for 30 or vice versa, and that's just how it goes. So I kind of look at it as just like, okay, I'm being nudged, you know, maybe I'm dating somebody who's into some shit I don't like, but I'll, I'll, you know, try to just go through it and see how I feel after like six months or whatever, and, and if there's enough other things that I care about and that person to keep it going or if I really like it or you know, we should need to be together. So I kind of look, I look at nudging in that respect where you are pushed but you're not forced to um, to 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 uh, to operate at a certain gear under a certain mindset. 
you know, with, like I said, there is a certain performance, but then where does that performance move past just being artificial to being something you've conditioned and internalized um, because you want to, or just because it was beaten into you? in February of this year, and I've always wanted like, to host an open mic, I always wanted to host one, and I feel like as an artist, it pushed me because it's like, this is what you want, the opportunity's there, so it's either you take it or you leave it alone, and that's where I pushed myself and got out of my comfort zone, because I only do spoken word, and like, I I poetry and stuff, but I've never hosted, I've never, like, had my own show or whatever. So I'm like, am I good enough for that? Do I know what I'm doing if I am going to do it? So as an artist, you got to take risks, and you got to, I guess you got to, if the opportunity is there, and it's, it's in the same realm as something that you want, you got to take it, or else you're always going to be like, shit, what is, or you're going to regret, like, not taking that opportunity when when you should have and then you see somebody that took it and that's where you want to be but you didn't take it so it's like I wasted that time and as an artist I feel like we have so much there's a lot of doors for artists but you just get you just have to get out of your comfort zone um, as an example Alejandro I don't know if you guys watched American Idol but from Pomona yeah, he came in second place, and he did his shit at open mics, and he would go to like DBA and shit, and no one's gonna know you if you just stay in that little area. You gotta branch out, and you gotta like try it, try it in this city, or try it in that city. But what he did, and I heard, I've never met the dude, but I have mutual friends that know him and he's very humble, very quiet. For someone to do that and do something like an American Idol, that's way like light years, I guess, of how someone that's humble and to themselves. Like that's like a whole other level of stepping out of your comfort zone. And look where it got him, it got him to second place. And if he never, if he didn't go to the audition he wouldn't be where he's at right now, you know? And then, like, and then like speaking like you said, this is your first mic and whatnot, and so you're having to book artists, you're having to, you're having to scout yeah. you know, artists, what type of material you're having to, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying, uh, you know, all, these, all, these, all these different skills and yeah. shit that come, there's something. And we're in the same circle. Yeah. We know a lot of the people that were on that, that have uh, performed at the open mic and stuff. And so, you have that circle of support, and if people support you, they'll fucking support you. Um, some people are on top. Some people just want to be associated, but they don't want to. They don't want to act. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just help me, not help you, or something like that. Right. Like I. I just want to be affiliated. I don't want to actually yeah. do any work. Yeah. Yeah. Like I coming to to host the open mic has opened me. It's opened my eyes to see the different personalities that I never wanted to see from somebody that I know. And I know you know this guy. I'm not going to say name, any names, but it's like, I don't want to see that part of you just because, like, 
you're going to perform for an open mic, and it's like you're giving me this attitude, but if we were just friends, I would never see that part of you. So I guess that's the business part of it. But like as an artist, like you do got to venture out. I guess that's the whole the whole thing. Like you got to, even if you have to push your own self, you know, and there's no one backing up what you have, whatever your idea is. Take the risk, learn from it. If it works out, it works, it works out. If it doesn't, at least you learn something. Um, and just take those skills and experience and apply them to your next yeah. next you know, thing. Yeah. How do you use it? Please. Um, so I have like a few things I want to talk about. So for one, I actually learned this from Nadine a while back. Um, had like a rough past like a years ago, but um, she told me like, you know, there's a moment where I felt like really vulnerable and I didn't want to put myself in a vulnerable position as many of us don't want to be in. And she actually said, you know, being vulnerable is not a bad thing. Like people see it as a negative thing, but it's actually um, like a good thing. It's a very great thing for you to put yourself in a vulnerable position because then you would never have to know what you would just know. And so that's the one. And in terms of like the nudge, I think at least professionally, I've kind of lost motivation at work. Like it's just I can get away with so much that it's just why do I have to work like really hard? Like I could just be slacking off and still get away with it. And I think I really um, come to be very comfortable with that. So I do like. I started writing like a list of checkboxes, like of things I have to do so that I can like slowly check it off, um, making progress. But I think with the whole nudging, I, like at least professionally, I'm kind of lacking that. So I'm just trying to be better. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Native, you know? So I think when you're, we're talking about being true to ourselves and all the conversations that we've been having right now, we're really talking about fear. And fear, which is something that's stopping us from being true to ourselves. And that's going to take many, many different forms depending on the situation, which, which picks it so easy, you know, to really realize like
there's been like this selfish and spending my head a lot lately. And it's, it's something like if your words and your actions don't align, flow to your fears. And you, you have to dive into that to be able to see what you're made of and to explore places you've never been. Um, and I think that's worth it. I mean, that's, it's freaking painful. I mean, that's what I'm going through right now. I'm going through, I'm, you know, I hit rock bottom. I, I'm facing all of my fears at that moment right now. And it hurts. Like, it is really, really painful to face and scary. But, you know, you've got to do it because this is our chance. And the only other option is complacency. You know, I, I don't want to be that person that just comes home from a nine to five and talks down in front of the TV. Like that's worse. That's worse. That's worse than like Melody was. You know, gave me a good, that good advice a couple weeks ago. She said, you know, like just for a little bit of pain, you're you're gonna get something better, like, you, you know? So, I, I think that's a lot of what being true to yourself is, facing your fear, facing that little bit of pain, so that you can keep showing up and being more and more true to whatever that is for you in whatever situation. Yeah, like overcoming all that resistance, all that fear, all that, you know, anxiety, all that shit. I think there's a form of nudging, because there's a clear line between nudging and being forced into something. I think, uh, this, like religion being like an example slightly, like I, like some people are like, like that don't regularly go to church that go because, you know, okay, my friend is having the mitzvah or my friend is having their, you know, it's a, it's a wedding or it's something like that. I mean, you and me, we had an experience recently because it's, it's a situation I couldn't imagine you like, well, I could imagine you being in, but like, because of like manners and then our views on religion, but... Wait, 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 where were we? I'll tell you, we're at my dinner table, and we're about to eat with my family, and I say grace. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a nudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sitting, you holding your hands and saying the Lord's Prayer. You know, that's just me being polite, that's just because, you know. Same here. Like, I, you know, it's like I'm, well, I'm in somebody else's home and it's like I don't want to, you know, yeah, I want to, I don't want to upset the, the, you know. That's not a forced thing. That, would you say that's more of a nudge than, a, than something that was forced? It's a nudge, but then it's like, you think about, okay, what if I don't? I mean, do I, do I want to take that chance? Do I want to take that chance? I think that's like yeah. a respect thing, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, the kind of show norms that you learn throughout. Exactly, but once again, it's like, but to get back to the nudging thing, it's like, okay, it's like people can suggest, like, okay, you don't have to do this, but you also know if you don't do this, such and such might, might happen. And so, you know, in your family's cool, I don't think they would be like, you know, they would, they would trip over, but a lot of people, as long as you stay quiet, but some, not everybody's that cool that shit and so like yeah you want to pay respect and stuff but it's like Say if you so the thing is if you refuse to are you going to give respect back for you know what you do you know what I'm saying uh, over you know abstaining from it but you were but like you were saying yeah and I, I'm not even like you and me are both like we're agnostic to an extent and but we're still 
we're, yeah, when we're still saying this, you know, well, yeah, yeah. And, we're, and we're still saying this just because, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation we're in right now, it's like, okay, we're having a meal, you know, making my mom happy, we're doing this, you know, and that's just, you know, it's a, the situation we're in, it's the little bit of performance, but, and it's the same thing, you go to a wedding, you have to be, it's like, oh, I'm really happy for you, congratulations, yeah. you don't say that kind of thing every day, especially yeah. there are people who don't have, like to say those kind of things every day, and you, you know, you like to, you guys like maybe say your regular thing at the office is like, yeah, you, you guys like to rip on each other, and then at the wedding it's like, I'm really happy for you, you know, or you're at the funeral, you're like, I'm really sorry. Or you're at the graduation, congratulations. Like so many different occasions you put on the performance. Mm-hmm. Or you or something you watched on TV could be something because it's not always the person that nudges you, right? It's 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 something you could have watched recently or you know, could have seen or something you heard that could could have led to something. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like I went oh sorry. Yeah, Maybe one last let's be, let's be the last make it quick. Yeah. I went to the desert like last week just because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just out of nowhere on last Thursday. I won't add details, but I was in the desert. Yeah, that's fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, excellent, excellent. The folks that have been the first, the first real, I guess, episode of, of It's All Relative podcast. Where I think all, all folks showed up, showed love from uh, Melody. 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 Nadine. Nah. Irene. Same boy. So that concludes the episode. Uh, hopefully I have another episode up soon. I, uh, I'm also going to post up the other two episodes that I've done already. And uh, yeah, see you all next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye.